0: Hi, it's Abe Taylor from Scruton here, technical director, and I'm joined by the lovely Alex Oko, who is our head of Sec DevOps. Hi, Alex. Hello.
1: Nice to be here.
0: Nice to be back because you have just returned from DefCon in Las Vegas. And well, actually, for those people that might not know what what DefCon is, could you give us a little a little overview? Yeah, of
1: course. DEFCON is the world's largest cybersecurity conference held in Las Vegas every year around the first week of August. And it brings together all kinds of people, all kinds of characters who work in or around the cybersecurity space. It's a very interesting mix. There's people who work in breaking things. There's people who definitely have done criminal things. There's people who definitely work on trying to capture the criminals and it's really a space where people can let loose, find new friends, talk about the new and up and coming trends in cybersecurity.
0: And and so and what's its relationship to cuz I mean, uh, the the whenever anybody says Defcon somebody else about five seconds later, we'll mention Black Hat, right? So what, what's what's the relationship between those two?
1: Yes, events? so DEFCON was the origin, founded 30 years ago, and it was started by somebody called The Dark Tangent, also known as DT. <laughs> does, it,
0: does anyone know his real name? I'm assuming it's a him, I don't know why I'm assuming it it is, it's him. It is, yeah, 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 yeah. He still runs DEFCON every year, I've or, met or him. It, or, or does it say Dark Tangent on his credit card?
1: Well, it says Dark Tangent on his badge, but he has a real name. Most people can find it quite easily.
0: And he's so him. he's a real person.
1: He is a real person. He is a real person. Very very nice person, super into like broadening the community. So so that's very nice. And then what happened was what he noticed was, you know, like more and more back in the day when like cybersecurity started to get more traction in just general computer science, right? Like more and more vendors and and more like the business side of things wanted to come Defcon. But he wanted to keep DEFCON weird and not corporate.
0: He- Gone weird. I can, exactly. I, can see, I can see the, the banner now. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> yes. So what he did was he started Black Hat, where it's more of like a, the corporate front, where corporations come, set up booths. Uh, okay, so game. he started
0: Black Hat as well.
1: Yeah, he and sold it. Okay, a-
0: this is a commercial one. This is where you can have your stands. This is where you can sell your product.
1: Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, and not that you can sell your products at DEFCON. I I actually bought some products at DEFCON, but those products are more like community-funded projects, or very small, right? Like people doing like individual things. Mm. He sold Black Hat a while ago and to some corporate company, and uh, okay. they've taken it. He's facing sold out. Uh, well, he sold out on on Black Hat, which I feels fine. You know
0: <laughs> well that was the kind of the point of blackout right yeah commercial commercialized yeah yes crucially did you bring me any stickers
1: I did I did I have what, some stickers
0: that means I can pretend that I went this year exactly and and that no one can challenge me because I've got <laughs> stickers. What were you doing there? I mean, you weren't—you weren't just an attendee, were you?
1: That's true. For the past five years, I am—I am a volunteer. I awesome. volunteer with the DCTV department at DefCon. We are in charge of basically delivering content, so the streams from all four tracks, so speaker tracks, to the hotels. So all the hotels where the conference is at or has partnered with, and. At the same time, also to Twitch the last three years.
0: Okay, so all of the live talks are streamed to all of the venues and online. Yeah. Okay, that sounds like fun and complicated and prone to... Yes,
1: very much so. This year was, again, some new adventures. So the conference officially starts, the talks start, Mm -hmm. the conference opens up Thursday. And we had a bit of a, Thursday was a very long night, Thursday to Friday night. I didn't sleep, basically, due to the fact that everything broke right before talks were supposed to start. So we streamed to seven hotels on the Strip. And one of our jobs is actually going and into the hotel kind of you can say back rooms, the head ends as we call them,
0: uh-huh. and
1: setting up equipment. So we actually own all of our equipment. So we we have our own small server rack, we have our own servers. We we utilize Defcon's network operations center to set up like drops for us in the conference and then we coordinate with the network service provider out in Vegas and the hotels to actually route our traffic to the streaming, like the headends, and then we utilize all our own equipment at those headends, all the way basically the boxes that split out to the hotel rooms.
0: So, so when you were not staying up all night getting streaming working, presumably you got some yeah. time attend some stuff and look around what was going on. Any favorites from... From what was happening actually
1: in DEFCON. Yes. So maybe I'll start with something that, that that is kind of like a general trend that I've seen at the DEFCONs that I've been, which is there's a lot more new people coming to DEFCON, like first-time mm-hmm. attendees, people who are interested in cybersecurity field, which I think is fantastic. I think we need more people in the cybersecurity space. There's a lot of new... Also, this year, I think 70% of the people who talked at DEFCON were first-time speakers which is fantastic. So, a lot of new people coming into the scene, a lot of new people kind of coming in and trying to share their knowledge with the entire cybersecurity community. So, for me, that is that's a that's like a very grand thing that I I like to see, and it's awesome to have. Yeah, there.
0: I mean, I think it's really cool. And is it? Is it? It's, I always have the impression that you know I've been a, I've been a couple of times, and I always get the impression I don't know that. The, the speakers, you have to be a hardcore researcher to submit a paper for review and get to actually speak. But are you, are you saying that's perhaps not quite the, the, the case now? You can just be somebody with a cool thing that's done, had a cool yeah. idea and, and get an audience, yeah?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think the nice thing about DEF CON is like, so there's the four main tracks that people can talk at. And those are usually, those are selected by the DEF CON committee however there's also like the nice thing about defcon is there's also a lot of villages at defcon specifically for example like there's the red team village the blue team village the cloud village oh, okay. and all of those villages have their own tracks as well oh, that yeah. bring in like, like that allow other speakers to come in and you know maybe they have only a small like very niche subject that they want to talk about like there there oh, those villages provide them the platform to also talk <laughs>
0: Did you find a, a theme this year? You know, was there something that was, that was more prominent than, than anything else?
1: Yeah. So for me, one of the trends that I definitely saw was cloud computing and more specifically <laughs> Kubernetes. There was a whole okay. cloud village and there was a whole Capture the Flag event surrounding Kubernetes itself. I didn't participate, okay. sadly, but definitely a lot of talks and a lot of how to break Kubernetes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So this is fascinating to me because I have long held a theory. I think I've bored you with it in the past. I've long held a theory that the speed at which people adopt cloud and cloud orchestration platforms like Kubernetes Mm -hmm. has left security in the dust somewhere behind them. And and I think, you know, it's not not the case for every implementation, but I think... I do still feel security is nowhere near as mature in those environments as it is in kind of more traditional hosting environments. So was that what was happening? Was it it was like it was it just happened to be that everyone coalesced around, okay, we're gonna look at Kubernetes this year and see what um, we can do to it?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's kind of what happened. I also think that because it is gaining more and more popularity and people are you know like like people are drawn to to finding out like what is like like ways to you know get into it
0: break yeah it. Yeah, yeah is it breakable what was the what was the verdict
1: oh, very much so, very much breakable <laughs> and not necessarily, so I think the reason why it's so breakable and and what like i I saw and I talked with people about is it's very complex, like Kubernetes in general is a very complex right I mean, it came from mm-hmm. Google's Borg, which is mm-hmm. right like Google yeah, yeah. has many many engineers who work mm. on this
0: 170,000 um, of them they've got some scale, some scale yeah
1: <laughs> exactly exactly and and i think you just you need to be on top of it like it it's not just a set and forget kind of system right and then on top of that what happens as well is you have a lot of controls that you can switch on and off and there's a mm. lot of, like for example like scripts you can run right to like mm. get like service accounts to be able to run in your kubernetes cluster and so forth and then what happens is if you get a small amount of foothold in one service account you can start pivoting around mm-hmm. and getting into other like nodes on the kubernetes cluster you can start running things so
0: there's so a full lot of compromises quite easy. It Well, not easy, but it's yeah. certainly achievable.
1: It's certainly achievable if you don't know, like, if you don't have experience with securing Kubernetes and Kubernetes workloads.
0: Mm-hmm. There, there's
1: a big, you can, you can really shoot yourself in the foot if you don't <laughs> figure out your, or if you don't think about how to run and secure applications on Kubernetes. So
0: do you think there's that there, there, there's product coming to you know do you think this is like a commercial opportunity for companies to develop products to secure those environments or is it just that people need to be better at configuring it in the first place what's going to happen here is it going to is it going to be yeah. tools or is it going to be education
1: I think it's it's both of those combined plus a third one which I want to mention is uh, is actually looking, right, like, like Kubernetes is a tool that you can utilize. Mm -hmm. And you should understand, I would, I would say, you should first even consider, do you actually need Kubernetes, right, as a tool, if you don't have a dedicated ops department, right, like, if you don't have a dedicated Mm -hmm. cybersecurity department, it might not be, like, your solution might be better off having that responsibility offloaded to somebody else who who does have those, right. And then, if we go back to, to what you mentioned, yeah, I think it's both. I think there will be tools that will come into play to help secure and at least alert on potentially suspicious activity or, or bad practice, right? I think that is one thing that Kubernetes does really well is because it it's a kind of constrained space of working on. You can have tools that are looking at that, like the general const- constraints of Kubernetes, while at the same time, I think just teaching people, right? Like I think... And that's that's one of the things that DefCon and what what DefCon's about is is teaching people sure. like, hey, th- these are insecure solutions if you yeah. do them poorly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been involved with uh, Kubernetes deployments, not not mm-hmm. I hasten to add here where we are working right now, but I've been involved with some things that were they were against the clock. Nobody really had the experience, and so what they ended up doing was stripping away layers of security in order to make it work which you often see with like you know complex deployments against the clock right and and i think kubernetes i think container technology in general but kubernetes doesn't lend itself to that kind of considered step by step security by design sort of approach Tends to it seems to me to have been the other way around quite a lot. Where you like you deploy a thing, it doesn't work, and you go, oh "Christ, why doesn't it work?" Oh, maybe it's because it's a permissions thing, or it's an authentication thing, or it's a you know there's a relationship here where, where these these things aren't trusted. So we'll turn that stuff off, and oh hey now it works. But nobody ever goes back and says, "Okay, you know we had to disable it over stuff that I'm not comfortable with here to get this really complex environment to run." to get kubernetes to deploy it successfully now i'm going to go back and re all those security elements back on on top it just it kind of doesn't happen right? everyone just you can get on with your life right it's it's done it's running and so it's interesting you said what well, i think you said is it's not it's not fire and forget right it's you, you you have to actively maintain it over its over its life over its life cycle it becomes yes. another thing you need to look after in itself right
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So how long till we get the first big breach of a well, we may have had it already, right? <laughs> the uh, first uh, first big breach of a of a publicly accessible orchestrated environment.
1: I mean, I think I think those have already happened, but it's 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 more doing like red team exercises, right? That mm-hmm. that probably it's just part of your chain of actually getting information that like a red teamer is looking for and it's it's also easier to hide right it'd it be in the complexity that's mm. definitely one area that i would like to personally explore further is is basically i know this is overused but like live off the land in kubernetes mm.
0: that's an interesting point because a lot of administrators just by dint of the fact that kubernetes is still in production environments still yeah. quite I, I it's been around a long time obviously but you know what i mean it's not it, it's not the default go-to for production environments, or it hasn't been mm-hmm. up until quite recently. And, and so, a lot of sysops are like extremely familiar with their more traditional ways of deploying infrastructure, and and will notice misconfigurations, or they'll notice anomalous they'll notice anomalous behaviour. Whereas a Kubernetes, I don't think people are generally in that place, right? Where you you would look at something and go, oh, "That's not quite right," or well, "That's weird." People are just grateful to get it working. <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> it's done now. It, yeah, it's a bit scary actually. It, and this is—is is this the first time that you've seen that cloud focus?
1: Um, that no, I mean the Cloud Village itself has been around for a couple of years. I, I don't remember exactly how long, off the top of my head, but uh, this year for me, at least, it's been. There was a lot more, like, main talks about Kubernetes. There was a lot more, like, I had friends who participated in the Kubernetes CTF, right? Mm-hmm. I felt that there was a lot more focus in Kubernetes and containers in general. And So it's so-
0: interesting that whether that was just a coincidence or whether it will be big again next year. It's it's interesting to see whether, you know, what's, what's following what here? You know, is DEFCON yeah. following what is happening or is DEFCON anticipating what the market will be using and doing in, in the coming in the coming year it's interesting to see which way that works
1: yeah we'll have to see next year
0: DEFCON 31 <laughs> I'll <laughs> I'll come with you next year good good that. yes excellent well look I think that's been really interesting Alex so thank you very much for your, your time and we may well revisit and get more stories from you
1: happy to be here
0: thanks for listening This podcast was brought to you by Scrutiny. For more information and to get in contact, please visit our website at scrutiny.com.